Welcome to the Redacted Recover Your Mind podcast. During, During this, this podcast, podcast you'll, you'll hear things that'll you. scare you, intrigue you, and make you doubt reality. But I assure you, none of this is made up for propaganda. This is where reality draws out the truth. Broadcasting from a secure location in Traverse City, Michigan. This is the Redacted Recover Your Mind Podcast. Here's your host, Mitchell O'Brien. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Lucas O'Brien, getting to be a just a, a comfortable guest host. Guest host. Say hello, Lucas. Hey, guys. How's it going? And... Today, last last episode, we talked about um, dimensions. We brought up some stuff in the scriptures, which a lot of people would call the Bibles. I call it something a little bit different, but um, we're gonna we're gonna piggyback off of that. I should have part one that one. We're gonna part two this one, and and go from there. Lucas and I usually don't have. I love his perspective. We don't usually have um, any any gaps in our talk. We we could talk for a long time about this stuff. But we started, I wanted to go through um, Genesis chapter 1 in the Bible, Scripture. And we talked about the translations that, the translation that I was working with, which is the the Sefer. We explained that in the last episode, so we're not going to go into it deep today. But we only got to like verse 5. And we talked for almost two hours last week, Luke. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, unpack in Genesis. And there may have been a rabbit trail or two. But. Yeah, just a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was talking to Lucas if we wanted to talk about anything else other than this. And I've got something that I just have to rant about real quick, Luke. And it was <laughs> like a joke that are you going to talk about this or not? And I just can't keep it inside any longer. And the people that are around me on a daily basis are sick of hearing it. So I'm going to pollute everybody else's ears, but it's definitely something that belongs on the podcast. And I think if I dug into it far enough, we could have a whole podcast about this. That's how much I truly believe it, how much it actually grinds my ears. But why, why do we have a moon that orbits this earth that we are on? It's tidally locked. And if people don't understand what that is, that means that the way that the gravity and the, it pushes the water and how it there's centrifugal force and whatever, tidally locked means that the same face of the moon is always pointing towards the planet. Always. And if you look at pictures from NASA, you want to believe in NASA, <laughs> Or anybody that have taken pictures, satellites or anything going past the moon will look from the other side. Yeah, there's craters. It happens. It's space. There's stuff out there. But why the whole main and the moon thing? Why does it look like the front of the moon that's always pointing towards us is almost completely destroyed? The biggest craters on the moon are coming from us, our direction, not the moon direction. And I don't want to hear people... Talk about, well, if it's at a certain slant, it could catch some, something could catch it. I'm like, there's a lot of chance in there. And I was talking, I heard a, or watched a, a reel by Neil deGrasse Tyson about how terrible the, like, stereotypical science fiction movies were about going through, like, an asteroid belt. 
go through an asteroid belt and the spaceship is bumping into them and their asteroids are bumping into each other and you know they're so close that you you, you know you're flying and flying around them the asteroid belt in our solar system supposedly if this is how it actually works the average distance between asteroids is about 600,000 miles <laughs> between them kind of easy to maneuver through Right. So I think if we keep getting these big craters on this side of the moon, that we'd have the, just the angle and it, these, these impacts would have to be coming at this. It's like catching it, you know, from a weird angle every single time. There'd be more big craters on the other side of the moon. And I just, I'm upset that more people aren't talking about this. And that's, this, is, this isn't what the, this podcast is going to be about. It has just been rolling around in my head for like two weeks now. And I didn't have anybody else to, to complain about it to. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> um, Mitchell first complained about this about a week and a half ago to me. <laughs> and I told him... We were going to talk about it last week, but we didn't because we jumped into other stuff right away. Um, I told him, well, he needs to not be mad about it because obviously the moon's just a projection on the dome and he, like, he needs to realize that and get over it, but that wasn't a good enough answer for him. So, um, I actually, I have a theory, um, which brings in the asteroid belt as well, I think, I'm thinking in the right area. Um, Mars and Jupiter. It's right between Mars and Jupiter. And it, it segues us back into Genesis, actually, when by the time the theory is all done. So it might be a good connector here. Let's do it. Um, what makes craters? That's high velocity impact, right? Or explosions. Right. Um, so this thing, and obviously they say that it was rotating around the Earth at some point and eventually came into a fixed position, and which explain that to me if there's no friction rubbing against it how it slows down so much to come to a complete stop doesn't make a whole lot of sense but they say um, it's that the centrifugal force and has something to do with how the gravity in the it, it really doesn't make sense it really doesn't even when they have the animated models like all right their little arrows and stuff look cool and it's like oh okay that's good enough for me because nobody cares but yeah. why did it pick up some big scars from while it was on the other side and it slowly came in and now it's now it's looking at us? I think there was one the an, an angelic slash alien war and I have a theory about that. Or two, there was a cataclysm on the earth so violent at one point, possibly the one predating Genesis two, uh, Genesis one two. Yep. That messed the Earth up and made it formless and void, or desolate and destroyed, as we kind of talked about a little bit last time. And I know I I mucked that up a little bit, but and it was so bad that the debris of whatever happened to the Earth hit the moon. And that's why it's pointing at us. I think that's what people are trying to get at. Like something so well, bad. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was going to get at. Because I was going to say the asteroid belt 
there's theories that it was actually another planet and that that planet was destroyed in galactic warfare of alien races. Um, and we've talked about how like potentially every planet may have been inhabited. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they could be now and we don't know if they're inhabited of some of these planets, Like we can't go there that we are told about outward. Mm-hmm. Um, so supposedly we've never been to any of them, but if you um, watch cosmic disclosure on the guy network, which just came out with a 22nd season, you guys got to watch this. This is a good one. That's what I've been doing for the last two days. Um, <laughs> you can also listen to discovering truth with Dan Duvall. Oh yeah. And I listened that to the, the blurry verse <laughs> there with Dan Duvall in the, on the underwater one, which blew my mind, yep. dude, because I watched the, or I listened to, or I watched, um, uh, I just said the name cosmic disclosure. And it's all about, it starts out secret space program in the government. And then they go everywhere. There's 22 seasons of the show. Like it's a big deal. Oh, wow. And they go everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Spirituality, it's mostly aliens in space, but, like, they, they tie it all together. It's it's amazing. I recommend anybody. I'm like, you don't have to believe it. Just listen to it because there's stuff in there. And the stuff that Dan Duvall talks about is, is there, too. And it, it was either episode one of season 22 or episode two. I can't remember. But this, um, he's retired CIA, FBI. I can't remember. But was talking okay. about, yeah, he was talking about um, back when submarines were first going nuclear and they weren't like deep, deep sea capable. There was an underwater city. That was something that Dan Duvall actually described almost to a T. Um, the dome, the skin flash, yeah. the aliens that work out of it. Or mer people in the difference. Because... Yeah. I, I literally watched that episode, and that wasn't even the part of this season of Cosmic Disclosure that blew my mind. But this is happening all at the exact same time, is the that I watched this episode with the CIA, CIA agent, or a retired one, that, you know, is spilling the beans, and he talks about this old time, and he tells, I want to say it's 1969, but I can't remember, because um, I might have been older than that. But where this this crew sees the city basically under underwater and it's too deep they can't even go to it because of how deep it is. But it's lit up just like a city. It's like if you were to look at L.A. now, but underwater. And then mm-hmm. Dan Duval, just like I think the next day, I finished the Tim Alberino episodes, which are mind blowing too. Like I, yeah, I know one of the first one of the first rules of content creation is don't use your content to just like advertise everybody else's content because you want to keep listening i don't even <laughs> care like this is real stuff this is a big big deal uh, totally totally worth listening to this stuff oh yeah so yeah. On the the blurry creatures podcast when i started listening to dan Duvall the next day after watching this episode and he describes a couple different ones but then the exact same thing that this other guy did i was like oh okay you know, maybe I should pay attention. Well, and it gets even crazier, actually, if you go to Dan Duvall's podcast and you, like, listen. I listened to the Merfolk series, 
a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's three or four podcasts of this woman who she was government mind control, um, satanic ritual abuse. Like she's been delivered from pretty much all of it at this point. Um, and she was a, a shape shifting mermaid. She's the one that he mentioned in the show. Um, and I mean, the stuff that she says is just absolutely amazing. Um, and it gets into dimensions actually, because she talks about, um, underwater portals and access points to get to different planets, alternate earths, um, heavenly realms, all sorts of things like that. And the, um, deep labyrinth underwater labyrinth which has like monsters in it and stuff to eat you if you go the wrong way you have to have like psychic abilities and stuff and that's where all these portals are hidden to access like everywhere in the universe and that's it dude this other part of this cosmic disclosure show has this guy named randy kramer and at first when he came on it's like okay this guy's a little looney tunes and he's just reciting movies but then I started <laughs> to realize that I think that there's things that are coming out in movies that are that are like glimpses of truth, like, hey, you guys should know mm-hmm. this, kind of like almost spirit led. Especially in such oh, yeah. a in such a dark um uh industry. Like it's being okay, most movies have yeah. some sort of glimpse of darkness. And he talks about the psionic stuff and he talks in he in, in this season, the new season. Like I really wanted I'm like the next time I'm around Lucas for an extended period of time. We're, I'm bringing up at least some of these episodes because, dude, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the stuff that you're learning with the bride ministries and the stuff, you know, that the blurry guys are going over, like it's it's connecting and it's it's. it's I don't want to say crazy. It's it's wild. Like a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't believe it, but they even talk about that. Like this one guy, his name's Tim something, and he's part of um something to do it's basically extra tra- extraterrestrial relations through the german government and not the okay. nazis but the current german government and um which talks- there's a branch like that in just about every government every high government in the world yeah but um the stuff that he talks about is is really amazing too and um I had somewhere to go with it, but my kid text messaged me, and I forgot that I have the ringtone <laughs> on, so I need to take care of that. Um. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll go back to what we were talking about with the moon real quick and then bring yeah. it back to Genesis. Um, <laughs> like you were saying, there seems to be an implication, and like you go farther down the rabbit hole into UFOs and aliens and stuff, and what you start to find is there's actually a lot of... Um, Christian believers who believe in this, who have searched it and found complete proof in scripture of what's going on, the history of it, what these beings are, what they're doing, what their agenda is, how it's connected to the end times revelation, how it starts in Genesis. You can see it from the creation, Genesis six, the Nephilim, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you have this whole story about Satan and how Satan was cast out of heaven to the earth. How we talked last week about how the earth was formless and void and darkness is upon the face of the deep. Well, what's the deep? The deep is water. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ruach Elohim moved upon the face of the waters is what it says next. And so the earth is covered in water. And there's a 
a thought, and I didn't know this last week. I've listened to a few things about it since then. There's a thought that Noah's flood was actually the second flood of the earth. Mm. Um, there was a first flood to completely destroy the inhabitants of the earth because they were so wicked that it was it was completely submerged and destroyed, and nothing was left. Um, that free whatever era may have been some sort of war, heavenly war, earthly war, whatever. Um, like you said earlier, Mitchell, like it could have been destruction from that war that ended up destroying the face of the moon, or it could have been moon colonies that they were nuking from the earth. That's or, what or something similar. That was the line of thought that I went to, like, okay, so a race came here and wanted the earth. And there was a race on the earth that didn't want it to take it. <laughs> So where do you set up shop? I would set up shop on the moon, and then the war happened in between, you know, and, you know, like what you just said. That's where mm-hmm. I have no evidence for this. I have nothing to back it up. That's where that's where I'm <laughs> talking Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also another thing in this Randy Kramer guy says, and he talks a lot about the different races of extraterrestrials that he's met and stuff like that. And he, one he talks about are there's, Two species of, well, not species, two races of what they call the creator race. Um, and they're the oldest out of all of them. Their lifespans are millions and millions and millions of years. And one of their biggest goals, they basically created everything. Anything and everything. So, like, thank God, but as a race. And Mm -hmm. the story behind it that he's getting is that they were the first um, space-faring race. And then they came out and found habitable planets and started to engineer them. And that they are um, benevolent. So, good. Right? Benevolent, good. Malevolent, bad. Yeah. Um, And so they just want... To, to create and their whole thing is they they've basically created absolutely everything and then try to, to guide them and then you know some of their creations get out of control and and you know take the wrong path and um they've done this all over the entire universe and their ultimate goal was and, and get this was to create a and I can't remember if he said being, a consciousness, or uh, like a race as, as an entity itself to rule different quadrants of galaxies and in the galaxies different quadrants of, and not really rule, but protect. And be oversee. In, be in charge. Yeah, exactly. Oversee. And this guy said that he asked them that, and, um, like, well, how long does something like that take? Because you have to evolve an entire species, an entire race, an entire existence almost for that to happen. And they said that the plan from start to finish is about 20 million years. And he's like, holy crap, that is so long. And they're like, no, 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 don't, no, no, don't think of it that way. Like, yeah, you guys live very short amount of time. We don't. Like, it's a 20 million year process to get these little management hubs in all the different quadrants of the universe. 
and the like we're 18 million years in we've almost we've almost achieved the goal like we're almost there like like <laughs> like we're supposed to be like felt good about that and um and he believed that they're good and that they have the greater good um in in mind but what that brought to my mind was kind of what we've talked about in the past where i talk about reincarnation or there being like the father god and then Yahusha or, or jesus being almost you know raised into ascension to be at that level mm-hmm. and that's what connected that to me like that situation like these these father figures are um are this creator race and um they're raising up these quadrant leaders basically but it's interesting and i think i brought this up to you before um i don't know if i brought it up on the podcast but in um J.R. tolkien in the silmarillion he has a creation story um as like an added thing in the start <clears throat> Sorry, I've been fighting a cold, so I'm probably going to cough a lot more than I'd like to be. But That's um, right. I can't mute you, but I coughed a lot last week, and I muted myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so in the creation story, there's Illuvatar, or the Illuminator, who is like Father God, the creator. And Illuvatar sings into creation, um which is really interesting. I was talking to a small group of guys about this last night. We were talking about string theory and creation and how like string theory is essentially that there's like, I think we talked about this last week too, that there's a sh- like a sheet overall creation and higher dimensional vibrations cause all 3d structures to exist. Uh-huh. And so in this whole thing with the Lubitar, he, he literally sings and creates these beings who are his children and he teaches them to sing and they sing for him and it's beautiful. And he shows them that he can create realms by singing them into existence. So he creates a realm and then he has them go into the realm, this dimension that he creates and create the world that later is the Lord of the Rings series and the Hobbit and middle earth, all that it's, it's in that creation. Um, but that this is how that world is created is by these beings who are created from this creator who their job is then to go and create these things. And so they go and they sing it all into existence and they form the mountains and the waters and the trees and everything form all the animals and things over thousands to millions of years. Um, and it's really similar to what you're just saying. Obviously the, the structure of singing it, is a little bit different than what you're saying, but well, I mean, um, it, it 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 aligns with what the scriptures say. I mean, mm-hmm. he said it, but I mean, is it that's that's how we say it in in English? But you know, in in essence, they use sound. He the the creator of existence used sound to create existence. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting too because there's. In the Hebrew, 
ancient Hebrew scriptures, the term is Elohim that's used. And everybody assumes that Elohim means the most high God. But Elohim can be plural. It is technically plural. The Eem sound at the end makes it plural. <laughs> when people like to say that's the Trinity, to be that could be just the most high since it doesn't always mean it's plural. Sometimes it's used as a singular, even though it is technically plural. Um, or it could be higher beings that the most high had create. Like that's still him. Like he's still in charge. He's still, you know, that wouldn't go against the belief of Christians. It's just kind of out there for most people to believe, but well, I'm going to um, cut you off. It's just- possible. I'm going to cut you off just because what if it's like what this guy is saying in, in, in that most high God is actually a race of a collective. And that's what we're seeing with the, the head and body or the groom and bride structure in yeah, the body of Christ is we're not being groomed as one particular person to be God. We're being, and I don't like groomed is such a bad term, but we're being raised as a species to be a creator race. Because he also goes on yeah. to talk about our brains and psionics and how there are the reptilian races out there that are that are more experienced as a race in psionics. So they're actually not as dangerous as they make us believe, but they use their psionic projection to make us believe that they're bigger, stronger faster, scarier than they really are. But they're still reptilian. And the thing that even the more advanced reptilian races out there in the extraterrestrial world don't have is they didn't evolve mammalian brain, which they refer to as the play brain or the frontal cortex, I think is what it is. And it's where Mm -hmm. imagination comes from. And so that's why he's, you know, he's saying that as an average, those races are further along in their psionic ability. But humans and anything with a mammalian mammalian brain have near limitless potential, if not limitless. Like literally the thing limiting us is ourselves and the restrictions that we put on ourselves because we have creative imagination. And he goes, what... And all you got to look at is look at any mammal on earth. What do puppies do? They play with each other. Kittens, they play with each other. Little kids, they play with each other. Like, that's what they do. And that's the imaginative side or part of the brain. And little lizards don't do that. Little crocodiles, they don't play. They are all about... They eat each other. Yeah, they're all about (laughs) survival. And these intelligent races have evolved up into that over time in other systems or whatever you want to say. I almost want to say other existences, even though it's not a full, it's not what I mean, but you know, like I'm, I'm starting to see existences as like solar systems almost, you know, there are these different, these different quadrants. They were supposed to be that. They were supposed to be that. And they all have a purpose. And that might even roll into when we talk about the Satans in the race, or I don't I don't say it right. And I'm going to get it eventually. But could, could that have been the Dracos? 
Well, he's called a dragon and the great serpent all throughout scripture. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of conjecture about that, especially from people like um, L.A. Marzulli or Tim Alperino and other people like that. Um, we'll bring up those concepts. And like it says that there was a serpent in the garden who tempted Eve. And people are always like, oh, it was a talking snake or it had a human head. Or It's like there, there's nothing that implies that, but there's a lot to be understood out there about reptilians or dracos or a literal race of sentient dragons. Um, Cause there's the dragon in revelation dragons are spoken of different places in scripture. I've, I've listened to something recently where they're talking about seeing a dragon in the spirit realm that was like close to a mile long, the giant white dragon that was a female queen of a realm that was fighting another realm for territory in the spirit realm. Yeah. Um, and they were just amazed because they were like, holy crap, there's a dragon, like an actual. Well, this guy. They said it looks kind of like a Chinese dragon, like long and thin, but like yeah. not furry, scaled and everything. Well, then that um, Dan Duvall talked about when he was talking about underwater stuff, about how the, the heavy hitter spirits and stuff, like mammon and stuff, um, existing in the deep. And where you don't want to go down there. And he's talking about deep, deep ocean and, and then the semi-hollow earth in the labyrinth and stuff like that. But then yeah. you get into cosmic disclosure and you get the CIA agent who's, you know, the retired CIA agent. And he's talking about these um, submarines back in the day and talking about these species of what they understand to be whales. But they're not whales because they've they are, but they aren't. But things that are just put blue whales to shame because of how deep in the ocean they live and they're they they're believed to be like mammals but somehow evolved past breathing air so they don't surface like they come closest to the surface to feed and how these um like they would just dwarf these full-size nuclear submarines to the point to where they don't even care that they exist. Like, they'd be terrified. Like, it's going to eat us. Like, no, it does, doesn't even care that it exists. And um, then I listened to the Dan Duvall who's talking about underwater stuff and the the heavy hitter and different craft and and just other stuff under the water. And, like, things are starting to connect from different directions here. And there's the, the Leviathan, obviously, that's mentioned, which yep. most people think is a reptilian in nature, but... Um, Interestingly, in the Legend of Zelda series, there are what they call Leviathans, mm-hmm. and they are they live in the sky, and they're giant whales, like sky whales with multiple fins, extra fins and stuff, and they're like these magical sky whales that are like half, almost like half dragon, half whale. Mm. Um which sounds almost like what you're talking about just in the ocean, like deep in the ocean, up in the sky. Well, and there's also, like, it's coming out in the Avengers, or not the Avengers, but the Marvel movies. They, One of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, they've got, they, they see space whales at one point. Um, mm-hmm. There's a video game that introduced space whales, into, not, not Legend of Zelda, but a different one. And it's like, why are we interested in this all of a sudden? Like, I think it's signals, it's messages going, 
Like <laughs> these are things. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the Zelda games is unless I'm I think this is it. I might be thinking wrong, but it's like in the whole game takes place in a dream of that one of those entities. Like you're like sucked into the dream and you have to save it from its like curse that it's been put in inside of the mind of one of those things. Um, I think it's Link's Awakening. <laughs> Which would show some crazy high sentience if there's a thing. Because in that, it was like assumed that they were like God. Right. Well, and there's that theory. I can't remember which religion it is, but the theory where we're just, a, you know, a dream. We're just God's dream, and when he wakes up, it's all done. Which, nah, there's, no. Yeah, there's lots of theories. But... Yeah. But that's why we're here talking so, about them, so we can piece them together. <laughs> um, back in Genesis, I, I just looked down and happened to look right at the spot. In Genesis one twenty one. Um, the Sefer, again, is, is based off the King James, the King James Version. And it says in, in verse 21, And Elohim created... Um, well, this is when he brings uh, four living creatures in the water, day four, I believe, or day five. Yeah, on the fifth day. And it says, Elohim created great dragons, and every living creature that moves, um, which the water brought forth abundantly. So that's the first thing it says in there, is great dragons. It also says after their kind. So it's like, it wasn't just one or two, it was like, races of them, which is race species, I guess, but blessing them, saying be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters, which is interesting that they would say dragons, like, is it, because a lot of people will say that the Bible uses dragons for big things they didn't understand, you know, big living things they didn't understand, or big living things in the water that they didn't understand, but it seems like they use dragons more for nefarious things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's used a little bit in both ways, but like in this, it, um, it's got a footnote that says the Hebrew is Taninim, which means a marine or land monster. So it's something like a, a great beast. And like, I think a lot of, more modern translations say like whales or great fish or something, but like I don't think that's what it's talking about. <laughs> right. And dragons are through older um, translations, the term dragon is in there a lot. And there's also terms like satyr, half man, half goat. Mm -hmm. um, there's cockerels, which is like a, a chicken snake dragon creature that is poisonous and could like freeze you with its eyes and it's, these things are in the bible <laughs> that we've been told in western culture just don't exist and like anybody who's, who's coming into an awakening is i think is starting to see that everything we've been told by western culture is bullshit right and that everything we've been told is mythological like mythological doesn't mean made up it's the mythology of something. It's the, the story behind it, the like fantastic story of things. We didn't make that stuff up. Like, yes, humans have an amazing imagination, but we're not that good. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting there. Hopefully 
seems like we're going downhill now. But, uh, <laughs> well, and, and arguably, people that are waking up. Go ahead. I was going to say, arguably going downhill, because I feel like we're going downhill, but I also feel like we're coming out of some necessary generations of negativity to awaken more people, and there's more people being awoken than there have been in a really long time. Yes. I do feel like that's a thing that's happening, too. So, yeah, I just... There's a great divide happening. It's like there are people that are awakening and people that are going deeper into slumber. I talked to a friend earlier today, and um, what exactly were we talking about? Um, the uh, just the audacity audacity of something that something something that happened in her life recently, and I was like, I think it's I've been noticing that there's a lot more good people in the world, and a lot more bad people in the world, and less in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like. They're the people who are trying to use people, and then the other people aren't, they're not just, like, the doormats. Like, they're standing up for it and doing something about it. I'm seeing that shift happening. Just all over the place. More so in the people that I personally know. But I think it's yeah. it's out there and, and other stuff. That's kind of my, my theory of um, narcissism. And it seems like there were a couple generations there that bred a whole lot of negative narcissism abusers. But I feel like, and it wasn't all that, but it just felt like it was more that than it wasn't. But they bred mm-hmm. um, people more empathetic and self-aware and not going to be that way type people that we're seeing in the awakening process now. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence. Well, and honestly, one of the one of the best things that happened to the world, possibly ever, was COVID nineteen. Because it getting canceled. No, oh, I know. That's, I'm going there. <laughs> um, because it made people wake up. Some people, not all people, but some people woke up and they saw. They got a glimpse behind the veil for a second. And as simple as like homeschooling is more popular than it's ever been, at least in the U.S. now. And yep. it's because all of a sudden parents are sitting there and their kids sitting at the kitchen table because they don't have a, a desk in their room because they'd go to school every day. They're sitting at the kitchen table on the laptop doing school and they're like, what did your teacher just say? Yeah. They're like, oh, they're teaching us about this thing here and there. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. And they're like, close it. And they're like, you're not doing that crap anymore. Like, we're homeschooling you. Yeah. So it's like, even if it was just that, you know, but there are people that have learned a lot more about health and the things that they've been putting in our food, the way that, that we're being poisoned. They've learned a lot about deception because, like, once you take the red pill and you wake up, and I don't mean the political red pill. I mean the, you know, step out of the matrix red pill. Yeah. Once you take that and your eyes start to get open, there's no going back. Like, okay. I mean, technically there is, but you're worse off than before. If there, and it actually says that in the gospel. I think Jesus himself might have said that, that it's like once you receive the gift and then turn away from it, like you're, you're worse off than ever. Um, but that's that the, part of the truth. The unforgivable sin. Um, that's blasphemy against the spirit. 
wasn't the same thing. But it might be similar. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've never truly understood what that meant, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah, I think once your eyes start to open, they only open more and more, and you become... I wish we could use the term woke, but... <laughs> well, and that's yeah, the way that, that it originally was. They, they ruined it. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, and you'll know our friend, Jenny, I, I hope she's listening. I know she's listened before, and I hope she's listening. If you are, hi, Jenny. Um, she still hi, uses Jenny. it that way. She's like, she don't care. She's like, no, it means this, not that. Don't let them, don't let them ruin it. And it's when there's a lot of people, she'll be like, come in, hang out, like over at their place. And they'll be like, we all woke here. Not that kind. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's fun though. Yeah, I think that's what she said that one time we went over there, and I was like, kind of got this, like, yeah, I don't know. And she kind of gave me this look, like, oh, not that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah, she's really good at, like, not letting what other people do change what she does. <laughs> and if you're out there listening and you are woke, as in politically, there's still hope for you. You can still be awakened. We believe in you. We will pray for you. Love you, but we might crack, and by we, I mean me, crack some jokes at your expense. Um, (laughs) and we're gonna say things you don't like, just throw that out there. We probably already have. (laughs) You're probably not. So, Mitchell, did you want to talk about dimension? (laughs) Like, we were going through this, and like, we're doing pretty good, and I've done this before. Like, we're gonna talk about this, and then it just didn't happen. But, I mean, we can go back to that. Um, I mean, and if we don't, that's okay. We just said we were going to. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know. And you, you never know. Like, I'll put it in the, put it in, I'll put it in the title. We'll, we'll figure out a title. But, um. You can put dimensions question mark. That'd be perfect. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I said dimensions, but I meant dragons. Um. Because that's another that's another point, and that I didn't get to to say when you brought that up was you know the the whole dragons thing, and um, then where I'm talking about media being this catalyst for what I think are modern day spiritual truths being put out, which I think I think it's a real thing, and it makes me so happy because Hollywood is this just corrupt industry. But I think that through people's imaginations, writers and directors, these things that are true in existence are being let out. And people can say a lot of really bad things about Game of Thrones. There's a lot of bad things in Game of Thrones. (laughs) A lot. Like, all of it. But um, how they depict dragons is kind of similar to what we were describing earlier. There are dragons that are just monstrous in size. Just huge. And, like, you can barely see the person riding on them. It's like, you're not really even riding on it. You're just existing on the back of this creature. But You have a little hut that you live in on the back of it. <laughs> pretty much. And, um, but then also, they're, you know, they, they can't speak with words to people, but they're thought to be, their race is thought to be more intelligent than the human race there. And at some points that 
it kind of shows that and how intelligent because sometimes they're just raging beasts but it's kind of like that point of like um killer whales or elephants yeah we've had some outbursts of anger from them from the ones that are mistreated but they're also known as being very intelligent creatures and can be very empathetic and caring like all of the people i say like a lot um all of the people that have ever been recorded killed by orcas have been by captive orcas <clears throat> that are in captivity and it doesn't really matter if it's the best treated orca in captivity that's mistreating that animal it can't live its best life there it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how you treat it that's bad and it knows that even if it's raised in captivity yeah and it's kind of weird they've there's a netflix special on it too i think it's called blackfish and it's about i think it's maybe not it's not the original shamu but one of the ones that portrayed shamu after that and it killed like multiple people but it was always it was like serial killer tendencies and it'd wait until the people were they were alone with the people it was always at night it was just very it was very sadistic it was it was kind of crazy but then you have orcas in the wild which i'm not going to bring up the ones that are destroying yachts because i think that's hilarious but which i will bring that up (laughs) but not yet but you fall in the water with a wild orca these animals could tear you to pieces and they don't they haven't it's never happened recorded anyway but it's never happened maybe they're so good at it that the people (laughs) maybe they're so good at it that we just don't hear about it like we do like sharks are sloppy or something but like it just doesn't it it, it doesn't happen it's like they're a caring loving species out there and you treat them that way and, and you get that treatment back the fact that they've ganged up together and they're literally teaching each other how to destroy rich people's yachts just is one of the funniest things that's happened in the last you know year or two which put out all sorts of horrible vibrations into the water oh yeah the i don't know if it's infrasound but the sound pollution and what it does to whales is terrible um and so like by animals that speak I mean, we see based on vibration too, but like their vibration sensory is different using echolocation. <laughs> and so that highly disrupts them. And I, I see why that would make them angry. And that's like, there's another, we might not think of them as sentient beings in the same way, but like we know that they have language and that different pods have different languages. And yet we treat them like stupid animals and it, yeah yeah well and we're that's another thing in one of these episodes of cosmic disclosure is they talk about non-souled beings um and they specifically talk about non-souled humans which is interesting to me because the more i learned about it the more i was like actually that kind of makes sense and it goes to the point to where he talks about how many actual people with souls exist on earth and the numbers and like 
I think the hundreds of thousands out of, you know, 7 billion people, or maybe it was something different, but maybe he said a couple million, but even out of a couple million out of, uh, like, I think it's closer, I think it's over 8 billion now, 8 billion people that live here, like, that's a lot, or that's, that's a big difference, you know? Yeah. And, uh, hybrid breeding programs, there's, NPC theory, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that, a lot of different things that point to that and reasons for that. Yep. And the guy talked about, you know, how he kind of talked about different existences and levels of consciousness and how a soul is basically, you can be born with a soul, but you can also be born without a soul. And he talked a little bit about how he thinks that works and how higher dimensional beings have have told them how it works and um because hmm. he talks about this being six a lot that has explained a lot of things like the pyramids and and other stuff up to him i think this is the german tim guy that said it it might have been randy but i think it was the german tim guy and um he was talking about it and he was talking about how the soul exists when basically when you become self-aware on an emotional level. And I can see that because there's a lot of people who aren't that way, that don't care about that. Um, and obviously a lot of animals that are just run by survival instincts. And that's basically what it is, is if you if there's a, a even a person, a human, that is just run by survival instinct, instinct they don't have a soul. And I think what they really meant was spirit. Um not necessarily soul. And I think it might tie into some of the maybe corrupt bloodlines, like Nephilim bloodlines maybe. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But it was just, it was really interesting. And he was even talking about how these beings can can get a soul, but they have to become what he kept calling I-aware. Like, and even use the term I am at one point. And I was like, there's something here that they're not saying all of, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, he said, that's the purpose for a lot of like, like pets are put into, and he also talks about reincarnation more like I do. Um, pets are put into our, our lives so they can experience somebody and possibly become eye aware, um, but there are people out there that do it too who get pushed towards people who who have souls. And then he talked about how some people are born with souls, some people aren't, and you can you can gain one, but it's it's a process and just all this different stuff and, and it was very very matter of fact. Like he believed what he was saying. Um and I think he mentioned that it was from the same being that taught that told him, um how the pyramids were made and how were they? Well, that's all interesting. Like I've heard some things recently about what they call NPC theory. And it's that some players or some players, some people are non-player characters and that they like scientifically, they study that some people don't have an inner dialogue. Yep. Um, which would point to exactly what you're saying. Um, and like you listen to Tim T. Alberino and L.A. Marzulli, and they both talk about 
hybrids and the alien hybrid breeding program, which is exactly what Genesis 6 talks about. Um, doesn't say alien, you know, it says the angels came down and took, you know, women and had children. Mm-hmm. Um, but that makes the half human half something else. Does that have the soul in the same sense or spirit in the same sense? Right. Um, in Genesis 2, 7, um, Genesis 2 is where Yahweh or Yahweh is first brought into the story. Um, Yehovah, Jehovah, whatever you've heard of the name as. Um, it's Elohim up to that point. And they think those parts of the Bible might have been written by different people or it might be talking about two different creations or it might be from a different aspect. There's a lot of reasons for it. But yeah. So you get to Genesis 2-7 and it says, Yahweh Elohim formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living soul. And so what they point to here is that he took clay and formed a body breathed his spirit into it because breath um ruach in hebrew is breath or wind right so like and we translate that spirit so essentially it's saying that he breathed spirit into man and then man became a living soul right so it's believed actually that at conception um when the sperm and egg come together that's when the soul begins to exist is that that spark of life which i think we touched on that last week too but um you have the spirit enter the vessel which then brings forth the soul and obviously science is creating human beings now yep and like anybody that hasn't woken up to this fact yet like if it's on twitter x whatever facebook It's on social media, and they're talking about, you know, CRISPR and genetically modifying babies the way that you want them to look and stuff like that. Yep. And we're going to have that technology in the next five years. We're going to be able to do that. That means they've been doing it for at least 50 years yep. behind the scenes, at least. That's what the super space program that, guys talk about on, on um, um, Cosmic Disclosure. Like, right from season one, they talk about having, you know, electronic tablet technology in the 80s that yeah. so far outdates what we have in like phones and tablets and stuff like that yeah make the ipads look like trash oh yeah they're like flexible and huge and semi-transparent and don't i, I was listening to somebody them. this week who recently regained memory from working with the cia back in the 50s um which involved time travel and some things because she was a child in the 50s. But she was a CIA scientist. Um, She has full memory of it now. And there were um, holographic devices that they're using to program people. And the guy interviewing her was like, wait, it was on Dave Duvall's show. And he was like, wait a second, like, today, on our TV, (laughs) then? And she said, no. We got color TV a couple years later. Yep. So the CIA was using holograms, 3D hologram projections to program people. And the public didn't even have color TV. So think about that now. We've got smartphones. We can talk all over the world. We can access what we think is all the information mankind's ever come up with, which is 
not true. Right. Um, most of the internet's porn, which is an abomination. That's another that, thing that he brought up that. when he was talking about non-sold beings was they, they get used for stuff like that. Like, hmm. typically, that's they get used for um, sex work and the pornography. He kept, he kept, he said, um, adult industry because he was being kind. But um, the uh, human trafficking will a lot of times be targeted by non-souled beings because, you know, beings with a soul have the potential to be dangerous. So they will, they'll, you know, pinpoint and target these beings without it because they're, it's easier to deal with. And I'd really like to know if they're talking about like what we understand as a soul or if they're talking about spirit when they talk about that. And that's, that's like when I was listening to it, I was like, you're describing more of what I consider spirit, but not really. So, I mean, and it's it's coming from such a different perspective. Like, I'd really, I'd love to show you the show, man, <laughs> so you can see some of this. And especially with some of the stuff that you're now learning through, like I said, Bride Ministries. Like, I've been watching this show for a couple of years now. Going like some of this stuff sounds crazy, but makes too much sense. And so I try to bring it into the conversations like a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. But um, this Randy Kramer guy who talks about the psionics and some of the more crazy stuff and and or wild stuff, um, he has a lot of that memory regression where he's done hypnosis mm-hmm. and and different things where he's he's talked to different stuff. He claims that he's been to the um, Galactic Federation um, mothership or base that's out in between um, the asteroid belt and Jupiter. It's Hmm. almost like its own, it's like a little Death Star, but not evil. It's good people and things and, and stuff like that. And he did one of those, what is it, 10 and backs, 20 and backs, whatever we call them. Yeah, 20 and backs. Yeah. Um, he's been part of that. And um, he talks about healing technologies and, and stuff like that. That was another one. When he brought up the, the hologram for programming people, he said that there's a there's like a, hol- a hologram projector when you want to um, heal yourself that certain races have. That basically tricks your um, your damaged parts of your body to basically tricks them into not being damaged anymore through hologram technology. Hmm. It's ridiculous. He's like, and it's not instantaneous. Like it's not like you're looking at Wolverine, but it's significantly faster. Like starts working in seconds. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, it's it's nuts, dude. <laughs> I feel like we got so far, so far off what we originally wanted to talk about. But it's like, I just can't not. The, it's so interesting when you get to space stuff, because it, it's like, we're shown so little. Um, and actually, I didn't know this. Like, I it was thrown out there to me, like, five, six years ago, that the moon landing was fake. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, no, it wasn't. And 
then I was shown information a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh, maybe it was. Uh, <laughs> it's looking a lot like it was. Yeah. And they say, you know, that it was, um, that all the information's gone and we couldn't remove, go back anymore or whatever. Um, we lost the technology or whatever. I was listening to TimCast IRL today, and Tim Pool was like, he was talking about it, and he said that there was an actual the, the clip that they showed on the news at the time said reenactment on it. And everybody said it was the live moon landing or whatever. And they're like, well, how did they get the picture from that angle? And why did they do this? And it, and it actually said reenactment. Oh. And I don't know if that's true or not. Like, that was completely new to me. But I'm like, well, that would mean both sides are right. <laughs> like, right. it was fake. And we did go. And then people are like, well, how did we, you know, lose this stuff? And he's like, well, think about it. Back then, at least in most offices, and this is true, even if they had the technology behind the scenes, and, like, if all this stuff about space is true, we've probably been in, at, in space for at least hundreds of years. Or somebody has. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, somebody, probably somebody human, you know, we didn't set up the Galactic Federation if that's human-based. We didn't set that up in the 60s. Like, longer yeah, <laughs> well, we've had longer and stuff one okay. one of the timelines that they talk about is and these people talk human human is humanoid not what we consider human as the race we're we're if you're talking about the race of humanoids that we know on the planet earth we're called terrans okay and so humans are humanoid beings and they will say that the timeline thing, Terran's space exploration, kind of started, and I might be saying this a little bit out of order, but some of the Terran-based spaceships, the first Terran-based spaceships to leave Earth's surface and leave you know, the atmosphere were modified Nazi submarines that hmm. were were um, modified with technology given to them by the extraterrestrials that they partnered with during World War II. Which I could see that. Like, that could make sense. But that, that doesn't take into account... I had to go back to Tesla. Yeah. Because Tesla may have actually perfected time travel. There's been a lot of conjecture about stuff like that with the things that he was tapping into. And if he, if he conquered time and could travel through time, then that changed everything at that moment for right. mankind. And like the entire timeline could change. Um, because once time travel is created, then it's always existed. Right. <laughs> like it, it, it really kind of, <laughs> you know, it kind of messes things up um, in a really interesting way. And then it's like at that point, like the Nazis could have been the first to create spacecraft, but then you could take that technology back to the, you know, 100 AD. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's crazy. Which I think that there's not very. 
not very good proof of that that we can find in media that's available to us, but there is mm-hmm. somewhat proof of that um, rolling around out there. But yeah, it's definitely it's it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote old Tim Tim Alberino. That's a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I think I kind of started to not understand, but accept that time travel was a thing a little bit before you did. And it was from a couple different sources, but it was also from this, these Gaia Network channels Mm -hmm. shows where they were talking about it. Um, Yeah. I feel like I started to accept that it was real when I was a kid. I just didn't comprehend it until more recently. Well, they, they, I've always had a weird relationship with time, and that's why I wanted to bring up dreams at some point, because that's always been a thing for me. And I, and I don't think I really started to understand it until the past few years. But. Well, I mind-blowingly forgot about the fact that you brought up dreams and stuff like that, visions and... <laughs> in astral projection before we started talking about this, because mm-hmm. that is a, a good place where we could go next. Um, because we've touched on a couple different things. And it's so weird. Once you get into the stuff, you start hearing about all of this stuff. You start to realize where it all connects. Like we're not just talking about aliens. We're not just talking about the Bible. We're not just talking about time travel. We're not just talking about soul fracturing, Nephilim science pod people, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an existence that connects and it's just like all this different stuff. Um, yeah. I am actually now super interested because I remembered you, you brought this up. What did you want to talk about dreams? Well, yeah. So for everyone listening, I, I, you know, Mitchell and I get in contact a couple of days before we do the podcast. We go like, what do you want to talk about? Like what should we get into? And we were like, I don't think we finished dimensions. Let's talk more about dimensions. I still don't think we did, done, but... No, well, we've done an intensive on Dimensions A, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> real deep dive um, into everything other than that. But um, I brought up dreams, deja vu. Um, we talked about astral projection a little bit last week, but just like the concept of, of travel through dimensions and stuff. I think with dreams, my experience... It's it's been kind of all over the place. Um, I know a lot of people that have had lucid dreams and can control their dreams. Uh-huh. I have never had that experience, but I have had dreams that were more lifelike than my real life at times. Oh yeah, um, and I have had thousands of dreams of my future life that later then happen, and it's not. I mean, like, I've heard people talk about deja vu, and there have been times, and there was one time specifically where I was disc golfing, and, like, I'm pretty decent at disc golf. I, I was playing with a few people that you know, Mitchell, and I was better, yeah. much better than everyone. <laughs> He's not tuned his own horn. He's better than me, too. I like to disc golf, and I can throw that perfect shot one out of mm, 30 throws. <laughs> And I'm like one out of 10. So like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm no means an expert, but like I've gotten pretty good. Yep. Um, and I've got some distance, some accuracy, you know, and we go out this Sunday and I was just like throwing garbage 
And we were on a nine hole course and it was just bad. And my friend Ryan looks at me and he's like, dude, are you okay? What's going on? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, my head doesn't feel good. And I felt like I was like stumbling and something like I'm usually really graceful on my feet. I don't really stumble, trip or fall. Like it, I'm not, not like that normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not clumsy generally. Um, and so I'm like throwing bad. I feel clumsy. I, my head feels weird. I was completely out of sync. I started to tell him like, I feel like I'm out of sync with reality. And th- it's only happened this extreme once. I told him I felt like I was out of sync with reality and it lasted for about 30 minutes. We get a little over halfway through the course and I had the most intense deja vu moment I've ever had almost fell over. And I remembered like going back to the night of waking up from the dream of that moment. And at the time, not knowing some of the people and stuff like that, but like I completely dreamt that moment and I snapped back to that moment in real time started throwing like my next throw spot on there is like landed practically next to the basket. And he, they looked at me like, what just happened? And I was just like, I'm back. And they were all like, you're crazy. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and I tried to explain it, but they're like, Oh, I don't know. And I'm like, no, this has happened to me a lot. Just never this intense. Um, but I learned early on that your spirit that you access in your sleep. And we've talked about this before. Like, I think you access your heart, which is like your subconscious mm-hmm. and you can access your spirit um, while you're dreaming and your spirit isn't bound by time. It's not bound by dimensions or anything. You can travel inadvertently and you know, not meaning to, to all sorts of things in the spirit. You can be in the throne room of God. You can be in the pits of hell. You can, you know, like your spirit can, traverse these things while your body is asleep. Um, some people say that's what you do while astral projecting. I've heard it explained really well that you actually train your soul to move through the spirit realm. Mm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the science of astral projection. Um, but it's definitely dimensional. Like both of them are dimensional things, but like the, the experiences I've had with dreams are, are really crazy. Like. Um, beyond the deja vu stuff, which has happened hundreds to possibly thousands of times, like I said, in my life. Um, It's gotten to the point where I just like expect it. It happens, um, especially after I make a big change, it'll happen multiple times, like a confirmation. And that's that's what I want to, that's where I want to interject because I have a question for you and I've got so many things because I've experienced like all of this stuff, maybe not all of it as much as you, and I think some of it a little bit more than you have, you know, just we've had a little bit different paths. Yeah. The deja vu, like, you... The deja vu, like, you just explained it with the disc golf thing. Do you think it could be possible, and this is going to pull into some of the bride ministry stuff that you've you've learned about timelines and alternate timelines and stuff like that? Do you think that was you... Or I'm just going to say somebody, because who, you know, it, it could be angels, God, you know, whoever it really is, um, was pulling an alternate timeline into the, this, what I've come to learn is the sacred timeline, and mm-hmm. pulling it back in, and 
in uh, integrating them back together like they're supposed to be, and you're experiencing that point, and it's like a um. part of your fractured soul coming back into it, or maybe fractured spirit, or like this feeling that entire reality shifting back into the sacred timeline. You think that could be something? It, until until this week, I would have said I don't know, but I I think that's highly probable. Is that actually Honestly. like your your thought process on it? Did I like describe it really close to you? Would? As was this week, yeah. Um, which is interesting because I haven't touched on exactly that. Um, in the stuff I've been going through with Bride Ministries. But I've kind of come to that conclusion on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of things I've experienced in this journey. And, and like, I've had some, I haven't even started working with a counselor yet. And I've, I've had some crazy experiences, some of which I've told you about, some of which I haven't. Right. Um, some that, I've only told my wife about it. It'll probably stay that way for quite a while, but yeah. um, like I, I'm starting to wonder if that's it, which for one, it could be the 20 and back thing. Um, it could be that I, all of those times I was rethinking with a fragment of me. Right. Or, that whatever was presenting on the surface as me at the moment, whatever part of me that was held memories from a different timeline that were coming in the sink or something. Right. Um, I don't know. Cause I used to just think it was the spirit was out, out of time. The spirit perceived this. Um, but there's another dream I want to bring up at some point that that's just like absolutely crazy. Um, and it's just a little bit off what we're talking about, but it's like, I've had dreams like that one that I'll bring up that are, they were so vivid and real. I don't know how I would have made it up right. with all the detail and everything in the moment. It, it was more like a memory than it was a dream. I think I've experienced some of that with, um, in, in early recovery. And so my theory here to piggyback off of what you're saying and, and to go into it, cause I want to hear about your dream. So I'm not going to let it go. Um, okay. even though we got about 20 minutes before, before we got to go, but, um, <laughs> I'm starting to see it as, as we heal emotionally is how the therapists want to say it. Um, it's soul level stuff because that's where our emotional spectrum is. And when, when we heal, we're pulling those fragments into us. So we get a deja vu is all of a sudden this alternate timeline whoop, back into place. And I think that we really truly are that special of created beings and possibly even an early creator race. If, and that's kind of what I've talked about when I've talked about how I think we're being raised to be in his image. Well, they, how they say it, you know, we're, we're being raised to be like, like father um but every time that happens as we heal these things start to to come into place and then what the second part i wanted to throw in there was 
the most vivid dreams that I've had like that, where I literally couldn't decipher reality or what I'm thinking is reality and dream. We're in early recovery, and a lot of people have said, well, your brain's going through a lot of really crazy stuff. But what my brain was going through was an intense healing process. Your brain is like the hub. You can say your heart and all of that too, but your brain is the hub of all these neurons where this other, where the dimension of your soul actually exists. And so, like, I was pulling in a lot back then. I was pulling in fragments. I was becoming more whole than I had been most of my life and all of this fracturing that had been done to me and all this fracturing that I had done to myself. And that's literally how I would describe it too was dream world was almost at least as real as the real world. And I would have to do something like actually move my body to a point to, to realize that I'm now in the real world because the control in dream world was just different. It just wasn't like I could control myself there, but just not the same, Mm -hmm. you know, but what I was experiencing sensory was just as real as what was happening in, in the real world. So you were talking about this, this other dream that you really wanted to talk to is incredibly, um, detailed or uh you haven't really talked to me about it at all yet so what was that yeah i didn't share it with a lot of people i was going to a group at at the time on saturdays with my wife and i talked to some of them about it and they just kind of gave me looks like well that's crazy um and they tried to like look into the prophetic implications and stuff but like none of it sat right um and I'm going to share two of them real quick. Um, and just kind of the emphasis that I, I want to put across is that these were more real than any dreams I've ever experienced before. Right. I could see, smell, hear in first person. Um, the first one, there were people that I knew who were traveling with me. Um, that were them. Like, it wasn't a dream representation of them. It was them. Hmm. Um, I felt things like it was real. I mean, it wasn't like that ethereal, like, kind of there, kind of not, kind of wispy, kind of not. Like, it was it was real. And, and like I said earlier, it's more like a memory. Um, so the first one, I was traveling with a group of people through catacombs. They were, like, tunnels from somewhere i don't even know exactly i i don't know the context i know we were running away from someone i don't know where we were running from where we were trying to get to but i had a group of people people that i knew that i was leading to help save them from what we were running from we get to the catacombs all these dark like uh, some of them were like you know there were dead bodies buried in, in them and things and we end up in this house and I don't remember coming out of a bookcase or up a hatch or out of, and like, I don't remember that part. After I woke up, I couldn't remember that part, but we were in the catacombs and we were in this house that was connected. Um, in the house, there's a young woman. And I see this little boy and he runs upstairs and we start talking to this young woman and um, she's like, 
um, stay and have a meal with us. Hmm. And I was like, no, I don't think we should. Like, I think we need to go. She's like, no, really, really, just stay and have a meal with us. And so, like, we agreed to it. And she goes into the kitchen to prepare a meal, I thought. Um, she comes back around the corner. And again, there's a little boy upstairs. She had told us that this little boy was her brother. Um, I'm guessing her parents had died. It seemed like we were in some post-apocalyptic situation. That all assumptions because we were in the catacombs and we were in this house. So <laughs> I don't know exactly. Right. But she goes in the kitchen. She comes back with a, a giant knife, like a carving knife. Her eyes looked different. Her teeth were, like, she opened her mouth for the first time, and her teeth were, like, jagged and sharp, mm-hmm. all of them. And she had a long tongue, like, venom from Spider-Man that she just, like, licked out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I said, we're going to have you for dinner. And she comes out at me with a knife to try to kill me. And so, like, I dive at her because I've got all these people with me that I'm trying to protect. And I fight this woman. And somehow the knife ends up on the counter. I, I really wish I had my notes because I wrote it all down. Like, yeah. exactly. This happened. This was almost two years ago now that I dreamt this. And I wrote it all down, like, exactly as I saw it. Um, but at some point, I get the knife. She calls for help. And I slash her across the neck and almost decapitate her. Her head's hanging on just by skin. Yeah. Um, and again, this is a dream. There's blood. There's gore. There's I'm seeing it all. First person. I'm bloody. I'm holding this knife. I feel it go through her. I've never, I mean, I've butchered chickens and quail, but like, never stabbed a person. Yeah. I felt it. Like I, you know, and again, I've never, maybe this is normal. Maybe this is how people experience dreams. This is not how I experience dreams. No. And like, I don't ever remember seeing blood and stuff in dreams like that. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Like, so I practically cut her head off. The brother comes down the stairs head first on all fours. Oof. <laughs> yeah, that alone, just that image alone. That's not the first time that's happened to me in a dream, which yeah. Some sort of entity. Um, but it's the first one that looked like a human. It wasn't like a shadow. Um, and he looks at me with the same kind of face. I turn around back towards the woman, and she's like lifting her head back up to put it back on, pretty much from it hanging. Yeah. And then I woke up. Um, so that was interesting. <laughs> See. But again, it. That, that oh, is God. interesting because I've never been allowed to go that dangerous into dreams. Every time I get, and dude, this is going to need to be our next part too, is dreams because <laughs> we're running out of time. But I either fight the thing off and I'm triumphant. None of those dreams were quite that detailed, or but they were detailed. Or, and I know exactly who it is. Michael, the archangel, comes. If if it's something that I can't deal with, he deals with it for me. 
and I think it was that situation that you know about, um, and I'll just, I don't even know how to identify it without getting into the whole thing, but with my son's mm-hmm. mother a long time ago, where I realized that there was a divine protection over me. Um, yeah. I've been able to like talk to them about it now, you know, the protectors, but yeah, that's, you're, that's, that's wild. Um, I don't want to take any more away from that, but I've never experienced anything like that. I mean, I've experienced reality in dreams like that, like just the, the, the sensory reality, but not the horror of that, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, not long after that, I had one where somebody who was a good friend at the time, who I'd known for about five years, had been really close with, um, came at me and tried to kill me and my wife and I wrestled the gun away from him and shot him in the forehead. Oh. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm not a violent person. <laughs> you know, um, and I told my wife about it the next morning and she's like, in a dream? Like, what? And she gave me this look like, huh? And I'm like, that's what I'm like, I, are these dreams or is this something else? I hope you're not premonitions. Like, <laughs> Right. Know? Um, the, the, the second one I just said, I really don't think that is um, a premonition, especially because um, that's very against, be extremely against his character as well. Um, but yeah, it's, let me get into the other one that I was going to share. Well, and I'll real briefly go, it could be that psionic, um, like when we talked te- about telepathy in one of our earlier uh, couple podcasts ago with you and me um when i'm talking about people don't necessarily understand what they're doing when they're sending out signals that could have literally been some kind of jealousy or something just making its way from him to you and maybe it's not like him and maybe he he can controls it on the outward so you don't know that it's it's what something that he deals with on the outside or on the inside that never makes it to the outside but that could be that could have been something like that you don't even you don't even know you know, or it could have been a different kind of attack, disguising themselves as him. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because um, I had there were like three. It might have all been in one week. I had like three dreams where I had to kill people who were trying to harm me and my family. Yeah. And I always did. Like it, it felt like that was my job, and I accomplished it. <laughs> um. I've never been harmed in the dreams I've been in. I've been in really, really close to it many, many times. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, what does psionic mean? You've said it a few times. I know it's a new term for me. Yeah, and I just started using it because I heard it a lot recently. <laughs> but it's um, psychic. Psychic powers. Okay. And psionic is like the umbrella term. So telepathy is a psionic ability. And people say oh, okay. psychic ability, but they're using the term psionic for some reason instead. And I think it's because um, there's a it's known in the secret space program to be psionic technology, like psionic for a long time there were, and I think there might still be psionic dampeners placed in, placed around the planet Earth. Like, uh, if you don't know, if you ever heard of the Dark Knight satellite, that's supposed to be something natural. I think it's actually. Uh, uh, 
Have you ever heard of that? No, that's a new one for me. Oh, no. That's something that's it's out there, and, and it looks like a natural piece of space de- debris that is like a satellite around the Earth. But there's... Hmm. Um, somebody said that some scientists have gotten um, actual radio signals come from it, but nothing that they could determine. But there are psionic dampeners placed around the Earth in orbit, basically, to keep the human race and our psionic ability or telepathic or psychic ability dampened so we can't evolve as a, as a the species because of how, um, how much potential and how dangerous we could be to the people with nefarious um, intentions. The people well, with yeah, that's just it. It's the, the, the alien races and human hybrids and everything that we know as demons, fallen angels, and Satan in the Bible, they're, they're against mankind, and they have been for thousands of years. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so the, benev- the benevolent forces are out there trying to keep this from happening, but the malevolent forces are out there trying to keep it from happening. And when you think about the blurry lines between angels and aliens. Um, some of the things that we see could be things in the spirit and some of it could be actual technologies in the, the physical. And um, so there's people who have been shown that there are actual devices out there in orbit that are like dampening our ability to do certain things. So, And there's actual devices in the spirit realms as well, technologies that they use there. That's right. something Dan Duvall talks about a, a lot. Different races, technologies that they, they use in the spirit realm to bond humans and mm-hmm. um, fragment humans and stuff like that. Anyway, I did cut you off there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting into some, some real lighthearted banter, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll share the other group real quick. Um, the other one was really really interesting um big like call of duty style combat mm. so i we get dropped off out of the van and i was the head of a swap team like special forces group we're wearing all black bulletproof vests armored leggings or this, pants or whatever the screen's um, 20 and back dude like you can't even uh, oh i know yeah um, it, it gets it gets better yep because of what I was fighting. Um, so we've got machine guns, helmets, face masks, big goggles. Every, you know, everybody looks the same because of how we're dressed. Yeah. We've all got our, our automatic machine guns. Our job was to clear out this warehouse and save somebody. There was somebody in there that we needed to save. And we were told there was one man in there with her. And pretty much like dead or alive didn't matter. Right. But we need to save her. And so we find our way around the warehouse. I think from where we were at, we kind of had a loop around, do like a J around the back of the building, go back in that way. The second we get into the warehouse, we start to see that the warehouse is covered in snakes. Hmm. Snakes of every size, from inches to yards to tens of feet. I've had a dream um, like this with the snakes, not the battle, but um, it, it's not a, I'm not really afraid of snakes more than, 
you know, you kind of jump when you walk past one because you have that natural reaction. Yeah. But like, I was pretty unsettled. <laughs> that makes <laughs> because sense. Because they were all yeah. like, you and I, you know, as kids, we really loved studying animals and stuff. These were venomous snakes. These were not, you know, these were rattlesnakes. These were like, um, like, the reef snakes and things that are like, yeah, like bright colors, yep. large fangs. Like they were all there to kill you. And it was teeming with them, like crawling over each other, like everywhere. Um, other than they were kind of paths that were somewhat clear, which is strange. And so we're following these paths like we we're being guided, which is really interesting. And we stayed on the paths. We were generally out of the reach of the snakes. Um, we're trying to sneak as much as we can. Um, as we were winding our way through this, this warehouse, it was full of like shipping containers or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, it all just fits with the theme. But um, I start noticing there's something red moving every now and then. And as we're moving through it, which is taking, it takes us a few minutes to get through this. So there's, there's a lot of things happening. And again, in the moment, it was sight, smell, sound, especially sound. Um, focusing on every movement I see because I'm hyper aware of every single threat around me. Yeah. It wasn't like a dream where I'm jumping from thing to thing. It was completely real in the moment, like I was in a swapping situation in my head. First person, never going into third person view, like there, like a memory. Yep. And so I'm going through this. I realized what I saw that was red that was slightly moving was the body of a giant serpent. Ooh. And I'm talking like four feet tall body. Yeah. That's big. That was slowly <laughs> move. And, you know, like, yeah, like it was, uh, I, I thought it was part of something that like the shipping containers or something, but it was like over top of them. And, stuff, and like the angles and things didn't make sense. And I put together like, Oh, this is a snake. Yeah. <laughs> so, big one. Um, and we get around, finally confront, like we're, we're shooting things or we're killing these like cobras and stuff that are trying to strike at us as we get closer to our target. And I see this man who's all, he's dressed in dark clothes. I don't think he was all black, but like he had like a, a cobra like hood on, um, with some mask that looked like snake like or something. And he was like commanding these snakes. Like not using words, so like telepathy or something to command these snakes, and yeah. you can see him kind of like gesture with his hands and stuff. And I didn't ever speak to him, but as we get up to him and we see the woman that we're supposed to be saving, who's tied up next to him, the red snake comes up, and I want to say it had blue eyes, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, either blue or green, but I think they were blue. But it was like bright red, and the thing's head was like as big as me probably or bigger like it you know and it 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 rears up like 10 feet high and we just start to light the thing up and then it goes to strike at me and i'm like shooting it in the face this is going to strike at me and then i woke up Hmm. um and again this was all vivid i felt it. It, it it like the sweat the smell like you know just crazy i need to show you this randy kramer guy man <laughs> is he the, one of the funny bad guys uh yeah like one of the main ones on that that cosmic disclosure 
and he's also the one that talks about psionic abilities, and he was the one that was talking about Dracos and how they have a much more developed, on average, psionic ability than Terrans do, humans here on Earth. But they just don't have the potential that we do. So he said that even Terran humans, there are Terran humans who are trained and have developed their abilities that far outmatch Draco skill because they just can't get that far. But on average, Dracos will have more, like the average human comes to Draco and it's just not a, there's no chance because we haven't been trained. We don't know what we're doing. And um, this sounds just like battle that he's talked about because he's talked about it. And he's like, because the the um, host asks him, like, what's it like going up against these things in, in battle? And he's like, it's terrifying. It's terrible. He goes, half the stuff you're dealing with isn't even real. Like, but you think it is. And it just, he's, and then he just goes, he's, and that's what the Draco species does is they get in your head. And they make you believe they're bigger, stronger, faster, scarier. And that's how they, they beat you. They, they beat you into fear. And then, you know, that's, and he's like, it, it's just, it's, it is absolutely terrifying. And he's also talked about, um, you know, in his, because he was part of the 20 and back thing. And, you know, being a part of these squads, like you're, you're saying, and he talks about yeah. different planets and different things, and he's done um, hypnosis to to dig through it and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like, he, like <laughs> what you're saying sounds like that. And I haven't I haven't necessarily had anything like that. My stuff has been so much different. I get the the reality, like you said, but just not like what you're saying just sounds all over what this Randy Kramer guy talks about and the psionic abilities of of reptilian races and 20 and back programs. Like, that's, that's what you just described to me in the stream. Well, and it's interesting because that came up to me and just in my thought process the other day while I was working through these prayers from these assessments I was doing. And I was like, I wonder, like, because I've been, I've heard about the 20 and backs. I know a little bit. And I guess I know what I'm looking into this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I need to, but because there's other things that have pointed towards that, different things that I, I've listened to interviews with people from 20 and back. And like everybody listening, you've gotten this far, listening to this amazing talk about dimensions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like Mitchell said, like I don't want to just like send you do a bunch of other podcasts, but yeah, if you've got some time, check out the guys from Glory Creatures, check out the Gaia Network and um, Cosmic Disclosure, like Mitchell's just talking about. If you can get that, um, I can't get that personally. Um, All you need is Amazon Prime. It comes free with Amazon Prime. I'm surprised they allow it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is kind of amazing. But, um, <laughs> get on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Be mm-hmm. careful with that. Because it will mess you up if you're not careful. You oh. got to be ready for what you're hearing. All of it. Is. Um, and I'm sure cosmic disclosures like that too. Um, take things and bites that you can handle, but like, at least take in the information and then see what you're led to from it. Because 
it'll slowly get put together and you'll start to see that like, well, one of the things you start to see is that the Bible makes a heck of a lot more sense. Um, when you look at it through that view, actually, if you have a hard time with the Bible, you look at it through that view of the alien races and the things coming against us. And the like the Bible fits perfectly into that. You look at the Bible and you add that view and it makes sense of some things that are hard to make sense of in the Bible. Um, like some of the genetic issues throughout and like the, the wars and the things like it's like, Oh, well they were fighting hybrids. They weren't fighting humans. They were fighting abominations that weren't supposed to exist. That's why you had them wipe people out. So like, you know, yeah. so it's like things start to, the context matters. It starts to make more sense. So that's why we're talking about all this stuff is because it's, it's part of the bigger picture. Like you said earlier, like the dreams, the dimensions, the, the thoughts and, and the, all, all these different things come together. The aliens, the and angels, just, the Bible, the witchcraft, the, yeah. you know, just the 20 and backs, the, it just all of it, 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 it fits together. Like there's a reason we're experiencing this stuff. Yeah. And what I've come around to at this point is, okay, everything that's called mythology, I'm going to assume it's true until proven guilty. Like, <laughs> go that route. Like, yeah. like innocent until proven guilty. If, I, if it comes across to me from any source, I'm going to go, okay, that's real until I can prove that it's not. Because if it's not real, like, I believe in discernment of the Holy Spirit, and he'll show me what's not real. And all I can say is that scripture makes more sense to me now than it did a year ago. And I really only started diving into this stuff about a year ago. Me too. Um, so, yeah, you can do with that as you will. But it's like if it if it makes the world make more sense, if it all lands, not all of it is truth, but as around the truth, getting you to the truth, then maybe you should start to open your mind to it and widen your paradigm so that you can you know, actually understand reality the way it is and not the fake program that we've been led to believe is true. Yep. Which is the whole point of redacted. Exactly. We're covering your mind and your mind is linked to all of existence. But with that, I have some things that I have to do tonight. Lucas and I could sit here and talk for another hour or, or two and just rabbit trail and all these different <laughs> things. Cause they're all connected. But, we do both have families and things that are happening in this existence that we're we're experiencing. So I am going to cut us short. I think we that leaves us somewhere to start next time. Actually, um, is there anything that you'd like to add, Luke? Um, not particularly. I mean, we've covered a lot. I don't want to go off on another rabbit trail or anything, but <laughs> I mean, you covered um, a lot of what we would normally disclaimer at the end just now. So that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tried, tried to get it all in there, you know, but yep. um, stay and neuter your pets. I think you're supposed to put that in at the end. We've been failing on that. Um, <laughs> well, otherwise, thanks for listening. Sorry. I, I know we were kind of all over the place tonight, but. There's been stuff on both of our minds, so. Yep, started with a moon rant. Yep, I almost went on my take care of the environment around you rant, but we'll save that for next time. I get pissed off about that a lot, so. <laughs> All right, guys, well, everybody, 
I would, I'm trying not to do the time of day thing, but have a good night. It's night here. You might not be listening at night. I don't really <laughs> care. So <laughs> everybody have a good night. This is Redacted Recover Your Mind. This is Mitchell O'Brien. That was Lucas O'Brien. He can say goodbye if he wants to right now. And enjoy your morning and afternoon as well. <laughs> everybody, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Redacted Recover Your Mind podcast. For more episodes, click the link in the description.